Welcome to ICP with We. In the name of beating the shit out of a sound guy and watching the hit 2002 movie Triple X with your dick in your hand, this is our ongoing examination of the Insane Clown Posse. I'm Eric. And I'm Aaron. And today we're reviewing Three-Headed Monsters 2023 album Rampage. What is up, everybody? We're here. We're back. It's ICP with We. We got new music to talk about. I'm Aaron. I'm joined with my co-host with the co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you? I am doing okay. Did you doing like that? okay. I loved that. Yeah? Absolutely. Cool, uh, cool, I always cool. like starting off my Sunday mornings. Oh, by the way, Eric. Yes. Happy October. Guys, we're recording this on October 1st. I am already eating mini Snickers bars in preparation for the end of the month. (laughs) When did you stop at some point? So, yeah, I actually take like a three month hiatus of Snickers bars. And so usually I'll like, you know, late March, early April, I will start my Snickers bars into probably through May. Right. You know, I get the Easter Snickers bars and then after May, I take a hiatus until about October. OK, but we're back with the with the bite sized Snickers bars in preparation. You, you go into like a self-imposed Snickers Lent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Snickers Lent is a great <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, pumpkin spice, everything is in the stores. Everybody's been ready for fall for two months already. So let's go. That's true. I I have been waiting for it. I've been asking for it. You can tell by how I've uh, been dressing around the apartment that I've been asking for it. Because <laughs> uh, I've been wearing hoodies, guys. Oh, okay. I was. But you know what? If you get fall, it's your fault for dressing like that. Hey, I was asking for it. I know. I understand. I was asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So. I have been on the move lately, which is why we missed an episode and why we'll miss another one. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the uh, little taste of some of the goofy Patreon stuff that we do. Uh, I guess it would have been it's yeah, it was the episode before this where we talked. about yeah. we taught my fly. I have been flying a lot. I've got little stories, nothing big enough to warrant an every time I fly story. Mm. But. Traveling wise, I was uh, in Alaska for a few days, which this is the first time I was there. Beautiful place. Hmm. Uh, similar to where I live now, but um, just turn it up to 11. Hey, that sounds so, cool. And sort of like uh, swap hands for political views. That That's the big yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But gorgeous. I saw lots of whales while I was there. Humpback whales and oh, shit. orcas jumping and doing crazy stuff. It was it was that was pretty neat. Did you happen to see any hyperspace whales? I mean, when I got back and I turned on my television, I did. Fuck yeah, you did. We don't Fuck even have to yeah. get into it because it's too much. We don't have to. We could do a whole show. On we just could do that. an entire episode on just that, but we won't. But we um, won't. Because this show is about 
other stuff. It is about other stuff. And I'm about to get to some of that other stuff. I got back from Alaska and next morning I hopped on a plane to New York City for work for a week. And uh, while I was there, I saw that Code Orange was having their album release show and uh, Vane was playing. And I was like, man, those are two bands that I don't know, like six or seven years ago, I really liked mm-hmm. Vane more recently than that, I'd say. But uh, I was like, you know what? I'm fucking here. I'm not doing anything tonight. I'm here for work. What, what am I going to do? Sit in my hotel room. Uh, so I, I grabbed an Uber and went to Midtown and checked out that show. Yeah. Uh, when you send the flyer in, in the group chat and you're like, should I go to this? Robbie and I were both like a resounding yes fucking go yeah so how how was it can you want to give give a quick rundown yeah i'll give you i'll give you the super quick rundown venue was cool it was like a a medium-sized theater and the whole when i first walked in i'm like man there's like nobody here there's like 50 people in this room and it was just open standing room and then i turned around and looked and there was a whole like stadiums theater seating behind it like that you could sit in as big as like the floor space and there was probably another 50 or 100 people up there the first act was like a Gabber hard style, hardcore DJ named Kilborn. Yo Gabber Gabber. Yeah. And that's not my style and I'm not a huge fan of EDM, but mm-hmm. it was fine to watch. And then the next act was a, a group group, a duo called 1-800-PAIN that I described as 100 gecks from five years ago and horror from now had a baby and it's just the noisiest baby ever and it was it consisted of one guy dressed as a devil with a devil mask djing and another individual dressed uh as a cheerleader and he slash they i'm not sure i don't know the pronouns here had a giant very upset angry crying hello kitty like mascot head oh and it was just absolute ear splitting chaos the entire time uh weird to watch weird cool to experience weird why are you here we like how both all of it gotcha understood there's just a lot going on (laughs) there was a couple songs that i was like oh that's kind of cool so i went and listened to them on streaming and i was like this is as marginally less noisy than it is live uh but still interesting I think it's the kind of thing that in certain circles will probably catch on and people will really like. Fuck yeah. So there's that. And then uh, be- before Vane played, a bunch of dudes with like, you know, camo pants and high top vans were like doing stretches in front of the stage. Oh, good. Like, Uh-oh. Here we go. And man, Vane, Vane was great. They fucking rocked. I wasn't sure Fuck about yeah. like their last album that came out, but man, it was hard and crowd went wild for them. Love to hear it. And then Code Orange played and they were just a bunch of like total rock star, heavy metal, kind of corny. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they played, not- they played some older songs uh, near the end, especially. And that was fun. But, That's good. you know, like they all came out with like their long hair pre wet so that they could do hair twirls and yeah uh, the vocalist i think used to be the drummer but now he's just just like, vocals out in yeah. front. and he he was wearing like a new codorn shirt but with like the sleeves and bottom like cut into strips like tassel like shredded up oh, and yeah. uh kept doing like 
for every song at some point he'd be like all right now everybody bounce jump 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 or he would do the like eminem and eight mile like hand bob like do this everybody or like wave your hands back and forth or like let's get everybody clapping or you know stuff like that that was just really like i don't know how to describe it but sort of like corny rock star stuff like i know you got to get the crowd going but but usually people within this genre say hey fucking kill the person to your right 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 you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't know if if in you know 2015 you went to see them they wouldn't have to tell you to fucking move you would do it you know what oh, i'm saying yeah. 100 so it was a weird mix of audience because it was very much a hardcore show and kids were hardcore dancing but it wasn't until code orange played that i think the room really filled up and then you had some kids that recognized like old code code orange songs like hardcore dancing with a bunch of like push mosh like jump around metal dudes that listen to some of the newer stuff probably and it was sort of like a a mishmash of what's going on here stuff yeah i i figured i actually went to the show and figured the whole thing would be more like a push mosh show but i'm not mad i went it was cool. My mind hasn't changed about Code Orange. It's just not for me right now. But uh, I think they're probably reaching a wider, larger audience. Oh, they're definitely finding a great amount of success and reaching a wider audience. But I think it also shed me away as well as you probably. Yeah, I think sometimes that's that's a sacrifice a band or artist has to make where they say, look, we have the chance, whether it's because a they want to make a living doing what they do mm-hmm. or B because they feel trapped into a genre that they no longer want to be a part of. And they go, Hey, we could, we could grow our audience and do a different thing, but it will mean sacrificing at least a portion of our existing audience. And I think it's a thing a lot of bands are faced with at some point. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, you, I will never be mad at a band that, takes that angle because they want to make a living doing what they're doing. I, I'm not mad about it. I, I'm a little disappointed. I think when I see that happen every once in a while though, and I think it's, that's a personal thing, right? It comes down to, do you like the new thing this band is doing? Yeah. Some bands I do, you know, there are bands that make a dramatic shift in style and I love what they, what they change to. And then there are other bands that I'm like, this is, you know, not a thing that I enjoy. So it's disappointing to me. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean nobody should listen to them. It just means ain't my thing. But I, yeah, I took a chance on it, knowing that I probably wouldn't enjoy it, but thought it might be fun to watch live. And it wasn't fun to watch live. I actually, I, I was like, I think I'm just going to head out. It's fucking late. But I did stay till the end of their set. Fuck yeah. I'm yeah. glad you stayed. Yeah. That is not the only show, by the way, that you went to that we're going to be talking about today. No, we can talk about it right now. Last night, I saw the Three-Headed Monster Tour. Whoa. Yeah. Speak. I mean, we're talking about Three-Headed Monster from here on out. Yeah, yeah. We're getting into the the meat of this episode, uh, the beyond meat of this episode. Mm-hmm. We're, obviously, we're here to talk about Three-Headed Monster's newest album, Rampage, which dropped, what? you know, last two weeks last ago? Last month. month. We'll say yeah. last month because it's October. Yeah, true. And you got the pleasure before we even get to talk about this album today. You got the pleasure to see them 
in person live. Yeah. Give Let's get a little rundown on this one. Yeah, yeah. I saw that they were, I don't know when, I guess last week at some point, I saw that they were playing Seattle and I was like, fuck it, I should go. I always talk myself out of doing stuff and I was just in a stop talking myself out of stuff. So that's how I ended up going to see that Code Orange show and this one. I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm just going to go. And man, this was interesting because the venue was tiny, like small local show size venue. Mm. I mean, I would be shocked if that room cap was 300. I bet it's less. I bet that room cap is two or 250. And, you know, I, I think if I, if I had to guess, if I had to make an approximation by the end of the night, maybe 150 people in that room, mm. 150 rough, intoxicated and very smelly people. <laughs> uh, I don't like, is there, is there some sort of like, if you listen to more underground music, you live in a house that doesn't have uh, running water or something. I don't know what it is. I think that's but, the case. Yeah. Yeah. There's always some, some stinky people. Uh, but like I'm saying the stage was like a small stage. It was like a, a two foot stage. It was mm-hmm. not you know, a high stage or anything. I didn't know that there was local openers, but there were a couple local openers. One was called Concrete that is from Seattle and is 100% a Juggalo rapper. You got to uh, tell me how that's spelled. Uh, C-O-N hyphen C-R-E-T-E. Concrete. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they said they've been doing this for 20 years, and this is the first time that they ever got to play with uh, one of the members of ICP. So... That's that's cool for them. That's a big thing. Uh, I was confused about their show because when they came out, just started talking about their life and stuff and then started talking about songs. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't music. Maybe it's like spoken word or there's like maybe this is going to be like a stand up act. But then like went into a song and probably I would say played five, six songs, brought out some guests, a dude in a bathrobe and another guy that had like death metal vibes and did some like kind of weak fry screams, not trying to diss here, but mm-hmm. it was okay. I think focus in on tightening up your set, focus in on your stage presence could could be a pretty good show. But if you like Juggalo Rap, check out Concrete from Seattle. And then, so the second act, and it, it's strange, uh, there was a DJ that was on stage for concrete and kind of like introduced himself as the house DJ, which I don't think was true, but then he was like, all right, I'm going to bring my crew up. We're going to do something different. And it was a a group called takeover music collective. And this was like a crew of, I'm going to say probably seven or eight people. And this dude was, he wasn't DJing like with turntables. He was DJing from a laptop. Right. Um, But it was like they would take turns doing it, like solo songs. And then sometimes they'd come out and do group songs and they were good. Like most of them were really good, but they were clearly put themselves on the show. Oh yeah. Like that kind of thing. And kind of tried to take over the show and played for a really long time. Like I swear might have played for 45 minutes or more Oof. Um, and uh they were like going off like the the dj guy who i guess assembled this crew which is a cool crew like i i liked 
what they were doing and they won the crowd over, but he was so aggressive toward the crowd that there's like a difference between hyping up and like starting to like attack the crowd over stuff. (laughs) Like he was just really aggressive, you know? And uh, they were like going off about real rappers don't rap over their vocal tracks and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> do you know who you're opening for right now? Not that they <laughs> ever referenced who they were opening for. They said, we know you're here to see specific people. <laughs> that was the closest. Oh, they my came. God. And um, they clearly ended their set. And the DJ guy or everybody like shuffled off of stage. And I think he was gonna play some kind of outro or do something but the sound guy brought up the house music and the dj was like on stage pissed he was like tapping his ear and like yelling at the sound guy and like throwing his arms up in the air and stuff and i'm like yeah whatever they'll fade like the their set was over or whatever but he's like yelling at the sound guy so the sound guy walks up to the stage mm-hmm. and next thing i know i hear shouting and i mean small room we're 10 feet away from it. And right. I turn over and they drag this sound guy onto stage and this whole crew starts beating his ass. What the fuck? Like, like fighting. And then people from the crowd are jumping on stage and fighting with them. And one of the, a, a big tall dude from this rap crew grabs the sound guy and he's holding out a, and he's screaming to the sound guy to stop. And now the sound guy's like trying to fight. Yeah. And, they drag them off stage and the wings are tiny on this stage. Like it's a little, you know, drape with enough room to walk by off to the side of the stage. And you yeah. can see them fighting off to the side of the stage. Jesus. And I'm like, the fuck is going on? And the whole vibe in that room changed. It got weird in there. Like God, everybody was like angry and upset. And at first I was like, was, was that the sound guy? And I'm like, no, it couldn't have been. There's no way that was the sound. They they wouldn't have beat the shit out of the sound guy. That would be weird, right? That would, must have just been somebody from the audience. Well, the next up, next act up was uh, R.A. the Rugged Man and uh, DJ Lala, who were part of the touring package, right? They're touring with yeah. uh, Three-Headed Monster. And they were having trouble getting set up. They actually, like, somebody from the venue came out and, like, introduced... RA and went off stage and Lala's like waving her hands, like something's wrong and some gear got damaged on stage or something. And so mm. they were trying to fix it and stuff. And then RA comes out and he's like trying to like do something that get on the mic and like everything is messed up. And he's like, man, we don't have a sound guy. Like guys, here's, here's a lesson. Don't beat the shit out of the sound guy before the actual touring you know, crew gets to get on stage here. Yeah, what the And fuck? so it took them time to like figure stuff out. So I think the venue just threw another one of their crew members in the sound booth trying to make sense of it. And they struggled with it a bit. But R.A. and Lala were fucking great. They brought Ooh. everything back around. He was fun. He was skilled. He was like real straightforward and honest. Did a lot of cool stuff. And honestly- 
that is a huge task to get the yeah. room back on the right track vibe wise after something like that. Like that's the two impressive. of them did a lot, did a lot to try and get Fuck that yeah. room back, back on the right vibe and having fun and rolled with the punches. And like, you could tell this dude has been doing this for 30 years. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he, he's been in the game for so long. Definitely recommend if you've never listened, check him out. I've heard him before, but uh, seeing him live, man, dude, dude is kind of a legend. Uh, he was he was so good. And uh, actually, I went and bought some merch from them. They had to go back to their merch booth and sell their own merch, <laughs> which is really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I just that that's super real. And um, I felt bad. I didn't have much cash on me so i had to pay with a card and he was struggling to figure out how to get like the square reader on his phone to work oh, and yeah. stuff so that was cool and then i i couldn't believe it the time between sets from them ending like i was still at their merch booth when three-headed monster came on stage like they were like bam came oh, wow. straight out and uh, they uh, they started with the intro from obliteration and then went straight into fire breathing and as soon as that was over Ouija was like, stop, don't play any more music. And he's like, we need to figure out this sound. I know the sound guy got his ass beat, but something needs to happen here because these mics are fucked. And mm. his mic was working. Eshams was so quiet, you could barely hear him. And Jay's was like cutting out. Ouija was like, I'd rather stop the showdown for five minutes so that we can actually have a good set than keep going and have a shitty set. And he was like, working with like the interim sound guy to try and figure some stuff out. And in the meantime, Jay through his fucked up mic is just obliviously yelling, whoever's got the shrooms, meet us at the bus after the show. <laughs> Jesus. What, what's Jay figure out what's going on. Get on the same page here. Yeah. So they did figure it out and went back into their set. And man, I've got to tell you, this is such a fucking fun format. For a show, I would love to see other artists do this because it was all three of them on stage at once the entire time. Nobody stepped off the stage mm -hmm. and they not only did group songs, only a couple, actually. They did that intro and fire breathing and then they closed with crushing no other three headed monster songs Oh wow! Uh, in in the set, like nothing at all from the new album, which kind of bummed me out, but they would rotate through. And somebody would stand in the front and the other two would like back them up and take the role of hype. And it was really like, it was wild to see like ICP songs come up and Jay do the verses and Isham doing the hooks or doing like some of the like shaggy parts and stuff. It was, and, and it just, they hmm. all were very equal. They all were supporting each other. And most importantly, it looked like they were having a great time doing it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it, it was. It was really cool. Uh, I wish that they didn't wait to go on to stage until after 11 o'clock. But, you know, everything went wrong. And so we got out of there after midnight, I think. But hey, when the sound guy gets his ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> any other venue, that show would have been over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how they kept it going uh, or if the venue was afraid or what, but. Also, uh, I would be scared shitless to be the staffer that they threw in there like after yeah. the fact, because now yeah. you're like, oh, shit. And you have Ouija Max saying, hey, guy, let's like what's going on here. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, which struggled, but did eventually figure it out. And the sound ended up being great. Like it, it, awesome. it, it sounded really good. Isham for some of his songs, they actually did several non-furious supervillain songs, which made me huh. really happy. They did pow and migraine headache and uh boom, all of which were like, I think songs that were either like when super villains was still like early on and it was really just Jay and Isham and stuff that they put on like hit list and things like that. Mm-hmm. But Isham also played some old solo songs like closed casket, which was cool. Oh, that's awesome. They did a bunch of ICP and J solo tracks. The ones I remembered were dead body man, piggy pie, Mr. Happy cherry pie, my ax. I was so stoked that Isham and Jay did Candyland together. And it oh, was that's amazing. Cool. Uh, they did In My Room and I Get Mad. Ouija yes. did a bunch of tracks, uh, Get a Life, Demon Seed, Ain't No Savior, and then a bunch of oddly sex-focused songs, which feel strange because I don't think that's like his bread and butter. Right. But like, I would say at least three or four of his solo songs were like sex songs, which was strange. Huh. Uh, but I would say this is as good as I've heard Jay sound live. The singing part sounded good. His rapping part sounded good. It sounded great that he had Isham. Isham really picked up the slack on a lot of the hooks, like singing the hooks and stuff. I wouldn't have pegged him for the guy to do that, but it worked. And then uh, when they ended the set, Jay and Ouija just ran to the edge of the stage and just were high-fiving everybody and shaking hands and stuff. And they did that for a while. And Jay was like, Whoever's got the shrooms, come meet us at the house. <laughs> uh, oh, so good. He left, but Ouija just stayed out there, man. He just stayed out there shaking hands and thanking people. And like for a few minutes after everybody, he was he was out there. They brought up the house lights and he was like, I just want to thank every single person for being here. Even if I didn't, you know, high five you. Thank you for being here. It was a cool show. And I've got to say, if you like ICP, even if you don't know Isham or Ouija very well, if this tour is coming through your town, you'd be foolish not to go, especially if it's in a small club like that, where you can stand five, 10 feet from the stage cool. and watch yeah. the whole thing. A more intimate experience with the psychopathic boys. It was, it was, it was really, after we got past the chaos, it was a really fun show. It was, it was a fun one. I enjoyed it. I bought too many shirts. Oh, yeah. So uh, did you rampage the uh, three-headed monster merch table as well? Yeah, I did. I did. I felt bad because I bought three shirts from their merch table. They had one merch dude, Mm -hmm. but they had merch cuts split between the three artists. So because I bought uh, a Ouija shirt, a J shirt, and I also bought uh, an Esham shirt, Dude had to ring them all up separately and use different like devices oh, what for the all fuck? of them. That <laughs> yeah. sucks. So that merch line went slow. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Damn, God, I got a stream like that, guys. Yeah, get, get a three-headed monster Venmo account and then just separate it out <laughs> later. Like, come on, just, just revenue share. Come on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I I would highly recommend going if anybody's thinking about it. It was a good time. It was a really neat and unexpected format uh i i would totally watch something like that again uh just because i think it's it's cool that they were all there supporting each other having fun with each other's songs like they were really you know hyping for each other like if ouija did a song 
Jay and Esham were jumping in to like grab lines and stuff. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Well, Eric, I'm glad you were able to have a nice little experience uh, with the three-headed monster. Yeah. I'm glad you got out alive. Me too. I mean, three-headed monster aside, it sounds like there's also some local talent that was just fucking donkey punching people. Yeah, I probably, I I was like, I want to talk about this on the show, but I also need to be real careful what I say. Yeah. Yeah, that's local to you. That's, that's they're going to come stomp you out if they hear this. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I mean, it is what it is. They can't deny what happened. Yeah. By the way, and I'm going to say this safely uh thousands of miles away from you and away from them. You're fucking crazy, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you uh, are nuts. Don't do that. But I digress. I think as an opener, you got to be real careful not to make the whole show about you. There's other people there. Yeah. Uh, and I guarantee you they're all here to see somebody other than you. Definitely. (laughs) Um, but, oh, well, you know what? We, I think we've all played shows with local openers before that have, uh, you know, not done it to that level, but yeah, I've definitely wanted to make it about themselves, but it's just stuff you got to deal with, you know, and that sound guy, what was he wearing? He might've been asking for it. T-shirt jeans. Oh, yeah, you're asking to get your ass kicked. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we talked about the show. Glad you had a great time. It sounded like an insane experience. Let's talk about what these locals did on that uh, sound guy, which is Rampage. They sure did. We're here to talk about the new album, Rampage. Eric, you've gathered some some stuff that we need to know about this. Why don't you go through that? Sure. So... Rampage released digitally on September 13th, 2023. I did not see physicals at the show, so I'm not sure they exist, but I did see the physicals of obliteration there in the DVD cases. So that does exist. This is the follow-up to that album, Obliteration, which was the first album from Three-Headed Monster, which released on June 1st, less than four months earlier than this one. I cannot wait to jam the new album that comes out in January. So... There was almost no promotion or lead up to this. I don't think anybody saw this coming. The album was announced uh, via a short video on September 12th. And then the next day it came out. I did see some things that made it sound like they teased that they had an announcement coming the day before on September 11th. And uh, they didn't forget and did announce something (laughs) the next day. They said America's gone through enough years ago. So two days after our remembrance, we're going to put out something that will really change, uh, change the world around. Exactly. Rampage came out on the 13th. And much like their first album, Obliteration, which released three days into the Jay, Isham, and Ouija's Three-Headed Monster Tour, which nobody knew was a group and just thought it was the three touring together, Rampage mm-hmm. roughly aligns with the beginning of the second leg of their tour, which began on September 7th and coincidentally came through Seattle yesterday. Also, much like Obliteration, Rampage functions as a mixtape of sorts for these three artists with five group tracks where all three are together as the three-headed monster and then each getting two solo tracks on the album. Also, just a note, there's still no artist called Three-Headed Monster on streaming services. Both of these albums are attributed to the individual artists, Violent J, Esham, and Ouija Max. So if you go to one of their artist pages, you will see those albums. And honestly, 
it's weird because if you go to Isham's page on Spotify right now, all 10 of his top popular tracks are from these two albums. No solo Isham tracks are in his top tracks right now. Also, quick correction, there is an artist called Three-Headed Monster. It's just on not this one. Spotify, it is not this one, and right. it is not good. <laughs> uh, I I did, I noticed that it existed during my research uh, and listens to this album for this episode. And I was like, hmm, scientific purposes, let me jam this. There's kind of a reason they have 218 monthly listeners. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's more than Roadside Ghost. <laughs> hey, <laughs> actually, you're not fucking wrong. <laughs> Let's see if it's more than Roadside Ghost right now. Let's find out. I'll be damned. Yep, it is. They have yeah. 48 monthly listeners <laughs> right now. How is that even possible? <laughs> uh, Yo, Hollowed Out has more monthly listeners than that, and we haven't put out music or played since 2020. No, I take that back. We played one show in 2021 and we released the collection album. But like, by the way, was jamming that earlier. Oh, in the week. I like it. I, I did get a like co- pick up a copy of that. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. I appreciate you doing that. I so I'll just say this. I wonder if three headed monster will ever be sort of solidified into a formal group or if they like keeping it loose like this. Like, hey, this is just when we're together. This is what we are. Which would you prefer, you think? I don't know. I think they're doing something different and interesting and kind of just instead of forcing it, they're just letting it be what it is, which is a little bit refreshing. Yeah, I I do like that. It doesn't feel like it's something that they're like really trying to make a thing. You know what I mean? They're not trying to force it down your throat. They're not trying to uh, give off that vibe. Like it is just sort of a casual thing. That being said, Let's tie the knot and consummate this bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've got enough three-headed monster merch. Like, they, they, could yeah. Let's it. let's get an artist page going on yeah. Spotify. Let's you know. make it. Let's make this thing official. Exactly. So there you go. There's the info about this album. Perfect. The savior of the September vibes. Days after 9/11. <laughs> yes. Uh, I didn't give any uh, producer info here because we're going to hear the tags on the songs. Yes, sir. We are Uh, perfect. Yeah, we'll talk about that then. But before we get into that, let's talk about this album cover here in quotes, hard quotes on album cover. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about, I guess, this uh, badge, this icon, (laughs) this digital file that uh, comes up when you play these songs. City on fire. You got the Rampage uh, World Tour style Rampage. Yeah. It doesn't say three-headed monster. It just does, has a 3HM on it. Right. A very oddly stylized 3HM that people in the Discord quickly called out. Almost looks like the MNE logo if you flip it backwards. And I wonder if that's intentional. Oh, it kind of does. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And then it's just got the three label logos. You've got yeah. the chapter 17 psychopathic and you've got the um, real, real life. life productions. Yeah. Yeah. There's, this isn't really an album cover. Yeah. I did look at it and immediately recognized the logo was from the classic arcade game franchise Rampage. And it was mustard that was like, oh, I didn't know that. And then figured out that it's specifically from World Tour which was like the remake reboot. I had it for N64. It was pretty fun. Oh, nice. This is 
this is functional and nothing more. Yeah, uh, I think that that's a good way to put it. It's functional and nothing more. You got a lot of different kind of stylizations. You know, Rampage is very cartoony. Mm. And then you have uh, that compared to the background, which is like, you know, very real life photographic looking. Fire is very realistic. The three headed monster in a totally different stylization. And then you got your three label logos, which, you know, they look fine together. But yeah. You know, their label logos. It definitely feels like a quickly assembled thing. Yes, absolutely. Although I will say they've got some amazing art now. I sent it to you. Did you see the flyer for obviously Hallow Wicked for this year has been officially announced. And much yes. like last year, they had the Bloody Sunday show before it. This year, they've got the three headed monsters ball and they've got actual like custom art made for that which is awesome. They should have used that for the cover of this. Yes, I do like that. I love this Hollow Wicked flyer. Fucking love it. Yeah, the Hollow Wicked flyer's good too. Like if if you if it didn't have a massive QR code slapped in the middle of it, I'd say this is from the early 2000s. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the QR code gives it away, but I love the uh ringmaster bat yes hallow wicked logo that's cool i i would i would rock a ringmaster bat shirt like that. yeah like that's pretty fucking sick yeah i do i do like they should have used though they should have used this custom artwork that they had made for this flyer for this why not you already had it yeah it's i i wonder if that's tom wood art i don't know but it kind of looks like it kind of looks like it yeah free mystery gift for those who come in full monster costume any kind of monster, apparently. What monster would you come go as? Um, Lady Gaga. Hmm. I like that. I'd probably go as Sully. From Godsmack? Yeah. When he piloted that plane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Guys, let's get into this. We got to go track by track. Yeah. So we have for us here 11 tracks. As Eric said, some full three-headed monster crew tracks some of them solo tracks everybody gets two solos but let's get into the first track which is a full three-headed monster track intro the intro to rampage eric what were your thoughts yeah uh i think this is a fun intro and it's sort of reminiscent of the intro for obliteration where you get all three of them doing an introduction. This one, I think, is a, has a little more substance to it. It has like a, a hook that they repeat and builds it out into something a little more substantial. Uh, it's I think this is a pretty decent start to the album. I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's short. I, th- I don't even think it's a minute long, but I, I thought it was good. What did you think? Um, yeah, pretty much the same. I thought it was good. There's not really too much to say about it because it's just an intro but it does feel a little bit more built out because you have that outro that's uh repeating that yeah that's you know pretty well put together pretty catchy but yeah it's it's very short it's palatable i like it yeah cool well then let's move on to track number two this is a three-headed monster track with all three artists on it this one's called bulldozer what do you think bulldozer this is a shaggy the airhead beat mm-hmm. and uh i really like it i think that the beat is uh is pretty sick it definitely leans more towards like a ouija mac vibe beat sure um but isham starts off and i think he does a great job with it 
I think that his uh, he, his flows were solid. He had some good uh, stuff in there. No fear. Isham shot John Deere, I thought was uh, a funny little smirking line. I, I don't understand that line. I don't really think there's uh, a lot to understand. I think it's pretty. I don't know. I think it's probably just like a filler. I think it's because if you listen to the rest of it, he says John Deere was apparently going too slow and he told him to move, but he didn't. That's true. He, he bulldozed, bulldozed his ass. Yeah. But he, here's the thing. Isham did not shoot John Deere. John Deere died in his home in 1886 at the age of 82. Oh, shit. Of what's generally regarded as natural causes. Not a gunshot from Isham. You wouldn't consider being shot with a gun by Isham as natural causes? <laughs> I would consider that unnatural causes, especially mm. since it was like, I don't know, close to... A hundred years before Isham was born, like 80, 90 years. Uh, yeah. See, I guess we'll just agree to disagree on this one. I feel like that's natural causes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Natural causes. Yeah. Please continue. Sure. I'm not a fan of this hook. I think it sounds a little bit lazy. Rampage, rampage. We're on a rampage. Bulldozer, bulldozer, bulldozing. You know, just sort of word vomiting the song title and the album title. It just, it feels a little a little lazy. Uh, I think Ouija Mac sounded fucking great. I think Jay sounded really solid on this one. The beat sort of changes up during his uh, verse. And I think that that was a fantastic production choice. I think that he was a, he, he sounded interesting. He sounded, you know, he was giving a lot of emo not really emotional, but, you know, an emotion. But he was giving a lot of expression in his uh, delivery, which was really good. The only thing I really did not like on this one is probably the chorus. Other than that, I think this is a solid crew track. You know, it serves very well as the second song coming right out of an intro. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, I will agree with you. I like the music. It feels more like they focused on sort of a general trap sound for the group songs on this album. Although I, mm -hmm. I guess they kind of did that last time I talked about that. But one thing that they didn't do is they didn't try to wedge in a bunch of monster movie-esque like movie music, big orchestration True. feel. Yeah. They let them be more straightforward songs here. And I think this is fun music. I also, the other Esham line I have written down is I hit him because I'm supposed to, which kind of felt like a Dark Lotus Can You Keep a Secret reference. Even if it's oh, unintentional, yeah. it reminded me of that. It might have been intentional. I don't know. Ouija makes a Tim Taylor tool time reference. I thought he sounded great on this track. And I will agree with you that Jay is on fire on this track. He just he is he's bringing energy and style to I'm going to spoil it. This track and most of the things he's on on this album mm -hmm. that I feel like I haven't heard from him in a long time. Uh, I will disagree big time. I love the hook on this song. I didn't like the hooks on Obliteration for the most part, but mm. this one, I like the way it sounds. I like the singing. Uh, is there something super interesting about it other than saying bulldozer? No, not really. But to me, we're off to a good start. I think this is overall a great song, except for Isham shooting John Deere, because I wasn't <laughs> afraid of John Deere. I was not like, uh, I hope somebody shoots him. I'm afraid of this guy. Uh, just I didn't I didn't care. He was already dead. So but I liked it. Perfect. Well, let's move on to track three. This is another three headed monster group track. End of days. 
Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was I was wondering if this would be based on the hit Arnold Schwarzenegger film, probably the most popular of all Schwarzenegger films, the one that everybody remembers. I tell you what I want. I want you to go to hell. It's not. It's not based on that at all. We get a Devro at the beginning of this one. This is also a song that has a, a hook I like pretty well. Musically, thematically, and structurally, this is the point in the album where why they haven't made this a formal group it really occurred to me because i was getting dark lotus vibes from this song big time mm-hmm. and it's interesting on this album compared to obliteration they're still making a lot of monster references and they will come back around to those here and there i do love that they've moved away from the hard themed monster songs it gives them a lot of room to breathe on these tracks that they are now making a little more traditional, like make a song about whatever you want, but we'll make monster references within them. I like that yeah. better than make a song about being a monster. Agreed. The thing I love and I like rewound it. And I did like, I told Chris, I'm like, you got to listen to this. You got to check this out. In Ouija's verse, he tosses to Jay and says, ask the question, Jay. And Jay says, what if I grew another fucking head? which is a down with the clown reference. Yeah. And then it's followed up by Ouija saying, and another head and Isham going, everybody dead. And I was like, oh my God, that is so clever and fun to me. That part was so fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was so fucking <laughs> sick. It, it just worked so well and like just caught me like just right. But the the Dark Lotus vibes really came to me on Ouija's like verse after the second hook late in the song where he's talking about Egypt and the Everglades and like all this like prophetic and apocalyptic stuff. It just, it really worked. And I never would have pictured, Hey, how would Ouija work in a dark Lotus song? And listening to that verse, I'm like, Ooh, it would probably, he would fucking work. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool track. I liked it. What did you think? I fucking loved this song. I think that Jay kind of skewed a little silly as he likes to do in his yeah, verses. Yeah. But I think that he did it in a correct way in this track. Like it didn't detract, right? It gave you like a little chuckle wherever a chuckle was needed. For instance, verse six, when he says your assholes paying for the sit your sins as the cactus enters. Yeah. It's like good, good line, little silly, good line. That's a classic J thing to do, though. It yeah. feels like picture that line being in a song on Hell's Pit or something. It work. It works. Yeah, it definitely works. I, I think that my favorite verse on this entire track, though, has to be that one that you called out Ouija Max uh, second verse after the second yeah. chorus. I just love uh, it's the end of the day. It's the end of days. Shit's fucked anyways. 17 million years. Mankind is a phase. Yeah. And then and then it goes into like the Egypt shit and all that like fucking incredible. It was great. I I think the hook is pretty solid. They kind of have two different hooks. I think they're both pretty good. Isham sounded good on this one. Yeah, I think that this is a great track. And I love the fact that we are three tracks into this and we're not having to debate the anatomy of a three-headed monster <laughs> because we're not talking about being the monster exactly we are making references 
in larger songs. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you and I are on the same page on that one. But no, big, big fan of this track. Cool. Well, let's get into our first grouping of solo tracks. First up is track number four. This is a Ouija Mac track called Beepus. What did you think of this? <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> 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 Fucking good. This is a Devereaux track, uh, Devereaux beat. Yep. Another, I have yet to be mad at a beat in this album so far. This one's great. I think Ouija Mac has immaculate uh, vocab by throwing in the word egregious uh, into into his first verse. The hook is catchy, but simple. I think that his flows are solid as shit. And it's just like a fuck around and like classic horrorcore track. It's not anything super serious. He's not alluding to anything serious. It is just a nice little fun track. And I think that he does a great job on this. Yeah. This one to me, not thrilled by it. It's okay. It's a little straightforward and and on the nose in ways. I think it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's an okay. I think it's just an okay track. I do. I did have to look up. I'm like, well, is there meaning behind Beepus? I don't know. And the internet is very split. Lots of people seem to think it's an intentional misspelling of Pepsi, the soft Pepsi, drink. Yeah. And uh, lots of other people think it's an intentional misspelling of the word penis. See, I've always seen it as the Pepsi misspelling. So that's why, like, when I saw this on the track listing before even listening to the song, I was like, ah, ha, ha, okay. Yeah. Pepsi, Beepus, I get you, Ouija Mac, you're the... The young one of the group. I, I'm leaning toward that meaning because, well, it depends. He's talking about fake shit a lot, but he also literally says she just put her teethus on my beepus. So he oh, might be true. talking about his dick, probably. <laughs> but the, the whole like kill shit, break shit that I was like, that hook doesn't work for me. Mm. It it just I don't know. That was that was the thing that I didn't love about. Outside that, it's fine. It's not a song that like I'm like, oh, this really sucks. The actual song itself is barely over two minutes long. It feels oh, yeah. it's a little fillery, maybe like an interlude, but it's it's fine. It's not something I'd feel the need to skip, but it's not one of the stronger Ouija songs I've heard. No, I would not put this in like a playlist of top Ouija tracks. No. But I think it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let's move on to the next song in this grouping of the solo tracks, and that is Sinister Super Sinner. Uh, This is a Violent J solo track. And Eric, I dare you to say it five times fast. Sinister Super Sinner, Sinister Super Sinner, Sinister Super Sinner, Sinister Super Sinner, Sinister Super Sinner. I can do that. No, I meant the entire song five times fast. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to practice up on that. Okay, get back to me. Uh, But before you do that, tell me how you like it. I like it like this. I brought up Hell's Pit earlier. This is a Hell's Pit era track, front to back. And it might be one of the J solo things I've liked most in a really long time. Now, there is some big metal guitar on this beat, but it's not a big metal song. It's not got big, like, bad metal hooks and choruses. This is an angry, like take it back to the roots where Jay is making a point about 
don't be a shitty, awful person, but also clearly making some statements that feel self-referential, having faced a lot of demons and issues over the past few years. Like to me, I could see somebody not liking this track, but it, it landed for me. It resonated. I was like, oh man, this reminds me of a, a violent Jay's like passion and fire that I haven't heard in a long time. Not to say that Bloody Sunday didn't have some of that stuff, but Bloody Sunday was a listen to it, absorb it, appreciate it for what it is. I can't go back and listen to that album. It's not a thing I'm I'm going to keep listening to. This f- feels like ICP heyday, Violent Jay to me. But those are my thoughts. Do you agree or do you disagree? I think I agree for the most part. Maybe disagree is on some things. I think that this is so good for 2023 Violent J. Yeah. Amazing track. Uh, I, I'm with you on the whole Bloody Sunday thing. Yeah, I, I, I listened to it for our review. I can appreciate it for what it is. I'm not going back and listening to that thing, though. This song, I think I could definitely go back and listen to. The beat's not my favorite. I think that the guitars are a little heavy on it, but you're right. It's not trying to be a metal song. I think it's just trying to convey some anger, some frustration into the vibe of this song, right? Yeah. I think the hook is uh, is solid. It's okay. But I think Jay just sounds great. Yeah. I And I like some of the lines, I'm the guy that fucks your wife and eats your dinner. It's just like, <laughs> damn, dude. Like, yeah. He gets aggressive he, on this one. He gets aggressive on this one. And and again, the, uh, that's another instance of like what Jay, I think, used to do so well. And then he sort of jumped the shark on it for a while. And now he's dialing it back. And that is that humor into the song. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, for a while it was getting a little too fucking goofy uh, to the point where it detracted. But but now we're back to having funny lines that don't detract from the song that that are that are noteworthy and that you want to like talk about and chuckle at but it doesn't it's not just like what the fuck is jay talking about right now it all works also he force feeds diehard vegans bloody ham hocks and steaks oh yeah and eric how do you feel about that as a vegan i mean sounds awful i'm not a vegan and i don't want to eat ham hocks no uh, so I think I would be out out on that one uh, as well. Steaks? Hit me with one that's about medium, maybe medium rare. I'll take you up on that offer, Violent J. I also like the line that follows that where he says he's a romance scamming fraud porch pirate artist. <laughs> the, I mean, he's he's tapping into some of the most lowly modern things people do. Romance scams and porch, porch pirates. pirates man people stealing shit off porches packages fuck you. and shit yeah piece of shit and artists fuck you fuck artists fuck in the you <laughs> anyways great song i was a little worried seeing the title of the song yeah same and same. seeing that it was a, a violent j solo i thought okay this is gonna be a little ridiculous but turns out one of my uh one of the more solid things he's done in recent years solo wise yeah yeah all right well uh let's get on to the last in this grouping of solo tracks of course this is going to be an isham song and the song is called cult leader i'd love to hear your thoughts on this yeah give me an album of this this is really fucking sick 
uh isham is has he's bringing back like the old school isham vibes so hard but sounding more modern like isham sonically i guess yeah the fucking sampled chorus the sampled hook i'm like where did you get these samples because this is insane i fucking love this sampled hook so much i like this might be my favorite hook on the whole album it's just it's so amazing there's some definitely vague homophobic stuff towards later on in the song it's not very vague yeah it's not super vague it's pretty there which isn't great but i think the isham sounds amazing this hook is just it sticks with you if there's one hook on obliteration that i remember it's the the fuck the reverend 187 187 fuck the fuck yeah and and i think that if there's one hook that i'm gonna remember two months from now on this album it's gonna be this one interesting there's a couple others that have already been stuck in my head but this one does have one of the all-time great sampled hooks i think i'll agree yeah uh and, and i just love hearing the older Isham vibes and theming and, and and all that mixed with newer Isham artistry. I love hearing some of the old Isham vibes coming up here. Yes. It's a good point. <laughs> I love this song. I, I from from the beat to and I don't who do, who produces this one? I don't remember a Probably Isham. Oh, oh yeah. It's a great fucking beat. It, he does great with it. Hook is amazing. I want more of this. The only thing I could do without, and I'm going to be bringing this up more and more as we get later in the album. Why do we have a random three-headed monster chant at the end of this? Don't tack those on at the end. I know what I'm listening to. I think, yeah, those show up multiple times throughout the album. And I think it's just a way to sort of tie things together and remind you like, oh, yeah, this is all part of one bigger thing. I don't know that it adds anything here. It doesn't add anything. It, it it might even detract a little bit for me. But did you notice, and this is more overall thoughts, but this chant does not show up on any Violent J solo tracks. Only on Ouija yeah. Mac and Esham. Nope. Didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Hmm. Something I caught on to towards the end there. And uh, why is that? I don't know. We can discuss during final thoughts, but... Eric, why don't you give me your thoughts on Cult Leader? Yeah. So I said this about both of Esham's tracks on Obliteration, but this beat has really big 90s East Coast vibes, and I love the music here. This, (laughs) it's so cool. I would love to find out where he got the samples for this hook because they are bonkers. The whole, like, you want to be a cult leader, and then there's, like, the since God died, there's a vacancy, and you can fill it. I'm like, oh, my God, where did you find this? I love it. I know. (laughs) It's a chill track with a different sound. It's a good change-up. One of the things that I had an issue with on Obliteration is that you had a lot of trap beats that felt sort of nondescript, and it blended together. And right now, we just had a J track with a very, I will say... 2000s ICP beat. We've now got an Esham beat with this like 90s East Coast throwback vibe to it. Like we are getting some variety and that's important. 
I love the way Isham sounds on this. I love the track. I'd love this whole song if there wasn't that weird gay panic moment in his last verse. It just feels so out of place to me. I'm like, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why do you still feel the need to do that? But I don't know. I guess old rappers die hard. Or maybe you can't teach an old rapper new tricks. True. Well, let's move on to uh, the next track. We're back into the group stuff. Uh, track seven, Red Pavement. Eric, what are your thoughts? So uh, we've yeah, we've got the three headed monster all together here. In my opinion, good song, but not the strongest of the five new three headed monster tracks on the album. Pretty good overall. I think maybe it's got the weakest or least memorable hook of all of them. But I will say overall, they did a much better job on hooks here. I think all three MCs bring it in their verses. And although the music here doesn't have a lot of unique personality to it, I don't think it's bad. And I think it's a cool song overall. It sounds like I'm shitting on it, but after the previous two Three-Headed Monster songs we listened to, this is the one that I think maybe is more of a deep album cut. They put it in the right place. So what did you think? Yeah, this one, I think, is probably the least memorable Three-Headed Monster track that we've heard so far on this album. Um, not saying it's bad in, in any way. I, I agree. I think that the chorus isn't super strong, but I also think that they are doing way better with choruses now than they did back in June. Yeah. I think that the beat on this one is awesome. Shout out Devereaux for that. Jay started off a little awkward, I think, in his verse, but he picked it up very quick and he was able to work the beat. This song, more so than the other few that we've heard in this album so far, you can hear that these are three rappers at three very different points in their rap career. Mm -hmm. And it works. Like It sounds like three, you know, quote unquote generations, but it blends very well together. Um, and, and I think that, I mean, that's just a testament to this group as a whole. I think that this is sort of a nice little trio that really fell into something that sounds interesting and it, their tones and their vibes don't fight each other. They complement each other uh, and, and everybody does. Nobody's trying to rap like one of the other people, right? They're all doing their thing and they're they're doing it well. And then we got another sudden beat change at the end of this track, uh, which I'm getting a little confused at because some of these don't even like go into the next beat. Hmm. Not a super standout track, solid track. You know, I, I had a weird thought listening to this song, and this might be more overall thoughts. I noticed a couple of, in these new songs on this album, obliteration mentions and stuff, and I couldn't tell whether they were callbacks to the previous album or whether some of the stuff on this album were leftovers from mm, that recording session, stuff that they yeah. didn't use there. And it's weird because I think I like these tracks in general better like the three-headed monster ones but i i also think that these two albums are relatively short so it would be really strange if they were like no we're we're very tied to like a 30 minute album we're not putting these tracks on so i don't think that's the case i don't yeah. think these are leftovers i think these are all new tracks 
yeah the these seem like they're new tracks uh tracks to me as well but definitely a good good question to pose yeah all right so following up red pavement we're headed into track eight cobblestone this is we're into our next group of solo tracks and we're starting with ouija mac here what are your thoughts on cobblestone ouija mac sounds so solid right now i think that he is really hitting these uh these songs hard i love the hook on this track so much this non-sampled track this may be one of my favorite hooks killers at your neck in your kitchenette great (laughs) great i love that i think the beat is solid i think that the the verses are are solid he starts off with filling my neck with gold filling my lungs with dope you know you're like all right this is a ouija mac track that's two very ouija mac lines yeah um and he just he he goes at it the rest of the track and then boom three-headed monster chant at the end i could take it or leave it I'd rather it not be there. You know, if if you want to have these solo these solo tracks in your group thing, rather than tacking things at the end to make people remind you that it is a three-headed monster, this is on a three-headed monster album, why not toss in like a three-headed monster, you know, reference or or, or something like that in one of the verses, right? Yeah. I mean, unless these tracks were not recorded for this album that's true i and that that could be very possible uh that these were just things that they threw on uh to fill out and round out a second three-headed monster album that they were working on separately it's possible it could very well be the case but yeah yeah i don't like the fact that these chants are at the end of these songs because if i want to toss these songs on playlists i don't want to hear those hmm because it's not going to fit the vibe of the playlist. But again, why aren't they on the vinyl? You know what? We'll get we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to it later. It just it really it really butters my biscuits that Violent J conveniently left them off of his tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say the three-headed monster interludes at the end of songs don't bother me at all. They're short. It doesn't bug me. Mm. They're fine. This the song is also short and to me not super memorable, but I do think I like this of the two Ouija solo tracks. I like this one better because he's got this sing songy flow that like he's a he's a he's a rapper with a very unique voice, but he's also kind of versatile in that way. Uh, This guy's good at what he does. And yeah, it's a good sounding song. I don't think the music or beat here again have a ton of personality, but for the style that it is, this song is pretty good. So that that's it. That's all I've got on this one. This is not a super memorable song to me. Well, let's see if the next track is super memorable. It is. <laughs> Eric, track number nine, the uh, second Violent J solo track, Pillow Talk. What are your thoughts? Yeah, but here's a strange track for you. This one's weird. Uh, <laughs> I should hate this track. Like just, just everything about it. I should dislike. However, Jay's singing on this track is like peak Jay to me. It's like an era from the past, simple and comfortably in his range. And even though I don't like what he's doing on the verses, I like the overall feeling of the song and I feel like I shouldn't. 
I I legitimately like the vast majority of his singing here, which is something that I thought was lost in God. I, I thought maybe Jay just, you know, had, you know, his voice was strained and he just didn't have it anymore. His voice sounds clean on this when he's singing and uh, it, it works pretty well. Maybe. And I think that's the thing that I like here. It's, it's just that, that I'm like, oh, wow, it's there. Because outside that, there is like a, a freight liner full of cringe on this <laughs> on this song. Uh, it's a it's a track that if you never paid attention to the lyrics, sounds pretty good. But my God, what is he saying? And also, why is the Duke, 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 the Duke? Like, why is that in the background? That doesn't need to be here. Stop it with the Duke. Uh, I it's never going to stop. I, I just need to stop complaining about it. But um. I was about to say you the video that you linked for them yeah. announcing this album on TikTok. He says this is Violent J, the Duke, yeah. and then Esham and uh, uh, fucking Ouija Mac very clearly thought up of their thought up theirs uh, pretty quickly on the spot because they didn't realize he was doing that. I think. Well, Esham's always got one. He's got a couple of them that he could go to. Yeah, Ouija's he's like, he's got a well. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, this song is confusing because, okay, so it's a song about him being a killer for real and sort of talking soft and sexy to his girl about killing. And he likes that she doesn't ask about the blood on his shirt and whatever. Uh, <laughs> but he uses – there's there's a lot of just super unsavory language about sex workers in this one. And I get that it's coming from – the angle of a serial killer that disrespects and devalues human beings. And that's why it's being said, but I'm like, Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about this track? Um, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> that was a long pause. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what to rip into first. Cause there's just so much. I think that there are parts like in the chorus where Jay sings and it sounds good. I also think that there are parts where Jay sings and it sounds bad. I also think that every second of every verse is awful. Yeah. Yes. yes. So this is a massive, massive no for me. Yeah. I feel like I should wash my ears out. After listening to this, every time I listened to this album in preparation, I listened completely alone with nobody around. And I still was looking around to make sure nobody might be overhearing what I'm listening to and judging. Me. Well, I mean, you're always there judging yourself. Oh, I was judging myself for this. Uh, so let's just start out. Verse one, right, right off the bat, right after the chorus. Look at you, girl, a dirty hooker for real girl. Look at you, dirty, rad hooker whore. <laughs> it's so awful. this is this is like something that you hear your like senile grandfather shouting at his like live in nurse while he, he's what? like having an episode and you have to like calm him down. I don't know. It's elderly drivel is what it is. It's it's weird to me. It sounds like. Something Patrick Bateman would say or think. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like intentionally belittling somebody. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And devaluing them. And by the way, the only uh, Duke on this track is 
the massive dookie that this put on my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there are some parts where the singing isn't as good, but it's not flat out bad. It's not like it's like, oh, can't listen to that. So there's so much singing here that I do like that I'm like, oh, wow. It's a redeeming element of the song that would have no redeeming elements without it to me. Understood. So that's that's what I got there. Okay, let's talk about another weird song. This is Isham, and the song is called De Niro. What, what did you, first off, when you saw the name, what did you expect the song to be about? Second off, what'd you think of the song? I expected it to be about money. Not Robert? No, not, unfortunately, uh, I would have been way happier if it was about Robert. Oh, okay. But I thought it was going to be about money. I did not think that it was going to be a song where he could reference money uh, as much as humanly possible without actually saying anything about money, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This one, uh, so Isham Solo, I think the beat is is pretty okay on this one. Yeah, my note is literally, how can I rap about money without actually saying a single thing about money? And that's exactly what this is. It's just Isham saying money, having money, uh, money in different languages, different nicknames for money, uh, talking about money being the root of all evil, but having money. Uh, and then my only other note is uh, Trent Reznor on the chorus is what Violent J thinks he sounds like. <laughs> uh wasn't no maybe not i was gonna say was that one of the the artists that when he was building zug island he wanted a, a combination of but i think it was like i think it was more buddy artists yeah that. yeah i think so oh also we get the the uh th- three-headed monster rampage chant at the end yeah what are your thoughts on uh denaro both Robert and this song. Robert, take him or leave him, depending on the uh, the vehicle. Sometimes great, other times, eh, whatever. Oh, damn. This song caught me off guard. Uh, it samples, as you alluded to, Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails. And uh, it's, it's Isham vaguely rapping about the virtues and dangers and pitfalls of having money at times in Spanish. And it's hella short. It almost sounds like it gets cut off at the end. <laughs> it abruptly ends every time. Like what, what, what? And then it goes into that three headed monster rampage beat. Um, okay. All right. There is a line in here that I want to know what he says. He says, life ain't nothing but silence and money what goes in that space and why did they censor it that is a good question although he follows it up by saying i'm a playboy you a playboy bunny so my guess is pussy that yeah that would be my guess i guess yeah why did they censor it though i i don't know it's just not there yeah so so strange so uh yeah weird track not necessarily a bad track it's short as fuck so it comes and goes really fast that that sample feels like it's sort of awkwardly laid in and cuts off at a strange place, but it sort of works. I can't tell if I like or dislike this. Understood. Uh, I don't like this. I, but I also don't okay. mind it cause it's so short though. Right. That's it. exactly. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, this this one was probably one of the more if you thought that you were confused with pillow talk, <laughs> somehow they they doubled it when you get to dinero because it is just it is a very strange thing but it's different i mean again we've got two tracks there that are very different sound and like very distinct styles they are memorable even if you don't like what they are yeah oh yeah true i mean yeah if, if i'm looking at this track listing if i never listen to this album again i look at this track listing six months from now i'm gonna say oh yep Pillow Talk and Dinero. I remember yeah, those. I mean, you're going to look at the track list and go, I remember what these songs sound like. Yeah. Which is, I think, better than boring and nondescript. True. True. That is a good point. Uh, well, let's move on to the last song. Let's see if it is baffling, boring, or nondescript. Uh, track number 11. This is the l- final track of the album. It is also our final group track, Rampage. What are your thoughts? I I can't say why, but this one got a hold of me, man. Uh, I've I've probably listened to this song 20 times in the past week. I just keep going back to it. This is the one that I've had on repeat. Uh I I was actually I was really hoping of all the songs on the new album I'm like this is the one I hope they play. I hope they maybe close with yeah. it. But they didn't play it. They didn't play anything. When that like just huge synth comes in at the hook Man, it sounds so good to me. I just, I really feel it. That synth line actually reminds me of uh, a Dead Z song called This Good Night from their like unreleased self-titled album. I found a, a copy of it, like a promo copy in the back room at work one day and got hooked on that album. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of got a similar vibe, and maybe that's part of why it landed for me. But I like the verses. I like the music a lot on this one. And this hook has been stuck in my head for days. And this is a comparison that literally nobody is going to get. But the way Jay sings the took it all in a rampage reminds me of the way Grand Buffet sings the hook for Benjamin Franklin music. kind of mm. crappy but technically not wrong it's not off key or anything it just sounds a little off like a, a little untrained and it kind of works for me and the album that that grand buffet song is on pittsburgh hearts is like a very influential and favorite rap album for me personally so like it's an instance where something feeling unpolished actually feels endearing to me maybe because of previous life experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know no there there is a way to to have that unpolished vibe come out in a correct way i agree and and i think that that it does happen in this track as well yeah yeah i, th- I think this is the longest track on the album i think it's um over 5 minutes but i really i really love this track what did you think yeah, this one, I think, was a great track to end out on. I think that the chorus is super solid. I think everybody sounds really good on this. Violent J, I I know I already talked about it in 
a previous track, but I wrote it down in my notes for this one. I love how expressive he is in his in his verses now. You know, he's he's not as young as he was. You know what? I'll put it this way. He ain't as good as he once was, but he's as good once as he ever was. Hmm. Do you think uh, any element of Jay's enthusiasm on this album is because it doesn't feel like an obligation and it's just something that he wants to do? And maybe because it feels sort of fresh and new working on this new group that maybe there's a different passion behind it that he doesn't have when he feels obligated to record more ICP stuff. I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Because it does feel like he seems like reinvigorated. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a sense, which is great. Yeah. And it definitely comes through in, in what he's putting out, you know, pillow talk aside, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> there's some passion there. There is passion there though. I can't deny that there isn't any passion there. It's just whether or not that passion should be put out in a song or maybe worked out behind closed doors at therapy, but there's passion there. <laughs> Anyways, I think the rampage was a great track to end out on. They all sounded great. It is a long track, but it is a really, really solid track. And I think it is very, uh, you know, if I wanted to show somebody three headed monster, I'd pull my dick out and then I'd put it back away. And then I would, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I would uh, play this track for them and apologize a lot for pulling my dick out. Listen, if we've learned anything from Hollywood producers, actors, comedians, that's a thing you can do. Yeah, but hey, I wanted to, I want you to check out Three-Headed Monster and then whip out your dick and balls. Yeah, yeah, totally acceptable. And then say, oh yeah, haha, that was a goof. Here, listen to this song. Let me just put this away. Here, listen. Yeah. Well, there we have it, folks. Our track-by-track thoughts on Rampage. Let's talk overall thoughts. I think that we, as usual, has uh, have already dove into some of our overall thoughts, but we'll get into them. Eric, I agree with you. I think that that Jay might feel a new sense of excitement for what this is, for what Three-Headed Monster is, that he hasn't felt with, uh, with ICP or with his solo stuff for a while. Yeah. And you can't, that's not a knock on him or on, on any of his other stuff. Um, no, no, because he he's still, you know, he, he puts out solid stuff with, you know, solo wise and when he's paired up with Shaggy. But it's it's easy for artists, especially artists that have been around and doing consistent things as long as Jay has. To feel like he's just punching a time card while he's doing it, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like it, yeah. that's very easy for for creatives to feel like whenever they're not grinding and trying to prove stuff at this point when they have an established fan base and they're just keeping those people happy and putting out stuff that those people like right yeah this feels like he's truly in a creative sense excited again and i love that for him and in the modern music landscape i think there is a pressure to constantly be releasing new music at uh, for fear of becoming irrelevant or being forgotten yeah oh yeah for sure yeah i think that isham sounds amazing his two uh you know obviously cult leader is his better of the two solo tracks better but flawed yeah better but flawed 
but I think that he's sounding great. I think that uh, that Ouija Mac, his solo stuff, he didn't have a clear bad solo song like uh, like Jay or or Isham did. I think both of his were pretty solid. He's sounding great. I, like I said earlier, I, I think that these are three artists that are in three very different stages of their rap career that just lock in steps so personal, like so perfectly with their own personal styles, like just meshing in with each other. Yeah. So I was, I was very uh, impressed by this album, but Eric, give me a taste of your overalls. Sure. Sure. You want to taste my overalls? Uh, Let me take them off. I'll send them your way. Perfect. Brotherhood of the traveling overalls, (laughs) but we just suck on them and send them back to each other. (laughs) Ew. Um, overalls. So I think this is overall a stronger album than, than obliteration for the most part. Even if I do feel that both Ouija and Isham's solo tracks are a little weaker on this album than on obliteration. I think both of the Ouija tracks that were on obliteration were just standout Ouija tracks to me, like really good stuff that I would put on a playlist. The ones on here, are fine, but they feel like album cuts to me. They don't feel like singles. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Eshams have personality, would be close to being great. I'm like, man, don't bring that weak, outdated rap homophobia into your songs. You know this shit. I'm I'm shocked that, you know, Ouija or Jay were not like, ah, come on, don't do that. Yeah, that's, a, that's come on. But there's a part of me that thinks you don't tell Esham what to do. So I don't know. I agree. I'll reiterate again. Jay shows the fuck up on this album. You can tell he's having fun. You can tell all three of them are having fun. They clearly enjoy doing this. And when you see it live, you can see them enjoying what they're doing. And there's not a whole lot of things better than seeing a band live and feeling like they're having as much fun as you are. Oh, yeah. That's that's an important thing. Uh, When we talked about obliteration, we discussed that fact that they had basically exhausted the hard themed monster tracks and we were like what are they going to do if they make another album they can't just keep talking about being a monster (laughs) and i again i love that they still make a lot of monster references and it's like a overarching theme but it is not the theme of the songs which allows them to feel less forced and focus in different areas I do think this could legit be a new group because at times, like I said, I got those Dark Lotus vibes in small ways. We've now, between the two albums, we have 11 three-headed monster tracks if you count the intros and shaggy shit. Honestly, I put them all into one playlist. It makes a pretty decent album when you listen to all just the three-headed monster tracks. Uh, I, I would say, despite the two or three things on here that I'm not a big fan of, I think this is probably my personal favorite release from Psychopathic this year. From that camp, I should say. Yeah. Even if I think that some of the solo songs were stronger on the last album. Uh, You could, I will say, if you take these two albums, you can make a banger of a mixtape if you put them just the songs you like together. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, those are my overall thoughts. Hell yes. Well, we got to talk personal favorite tracks. Uh, So... With this being an ICP-focused podcast, we can pick crew tracks. We can pick Violent J solo tracks. We cannot do an Isham or a Ouija solo track. Right, right, right. Uh, So with that being said, Eric, 
What are you picking here as your favorite track? There was a few tracks that I legitimately really liked here. Like there are sometimes that I'll listen to one of these albums and I'm like, yeah, this is okay. But there was legitimately stuff on this album that I went back to listen to multiple times. Uh, I liked Sinister Super Sinner. It it was uh, reminded me of better days, uh, even though it's a song about horrible things. But I, I liked Bulldozer a lot. But for me, the standout song here is Rampage. I probably gave that away when we talked about it, but that's my pick. What about you? I love Rampage. I knew that's what you were going to pick whenever we talked about that one. I will say, I, th- I think for mine, I'd have to go Sinister Super Sinner. Interesting. I like that. Bulldozer and End of Days. F- fantastic tracks on this album. Great, great tracks on this album. Yeah. Um, And Rampage is the clear three-headed monster stand out to me but i think i just like sinister super center more than i do bulldozer or end of days as much as i did enjoy those as well i love putting both of those on our playlist perfect and i love adding to our playlist i love adding to our playlist what a coincidence neat it's a good thing we do what we do we are at 155 songs 11 hours 14 minutes yeah with the addition of triple s and rampage i love it triple s is uh it's a remake of that movie triple x right right but it's uh all like good people and like nothing really happens (laughs) a triple s is like the best score you can get so it better be excellent yeah no, I've heard it's great. I heard it got a uh, 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Triple X, by the way, corny, great movie, as well as the like more recent one that they did like 10 or 15 years ago, like the let's bring it back again. Not the Ice Cube one. That one's not so yeah. good. But, you know, for a lot of movies, they'll make like porn parodies. What do you call the porn parody of a movie that's already called Triple X? <laughs> Triple sex? I don't know. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that you said that because the joke was that it's already called Triple X. The uh, so when I and Triple X came out when I was uh, but a boy. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing like commercials for it on TV, and like you know, this is around the time I was going through uh, bodily changes. Uh huh. Um. You know, my my tail fell off. It, it shriveled up and <laughs> fell off. And, uh, my third eye shrank back into my head. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I remember seeing those commercials and thinking, like, "Holy fuck, that movie is just a pornography. Like, that's just porn. Like, I want to sneak into the theater so I can watch it and just so you can see Triple X. Triple X. Um. And then I remember watching it way later in life, thinking, like, Yeah, this is actually just sort of a fine corny movie whatever yeah there's no porn in this I didn't at all jack off at all <laughs> oh you didn't uh i don't think i did maybe i'll here's here's <laughs> what i'm gonna do before the next episode i'm gonna watch triple x again with my dick in my hand and i'll see if anything just sort of naturally starts happening and i'll report back <laughs> okay perfect uh, awesome awesome ah <sighs> <laughs> should, should should we score this album yeah we got we gotta score this bitch music and beats i went pretty high on this one because i had pretty much nothing but good things to say about it this is a four and a half for me for music and beats i think that they knocked it out of the fucking park great job shaggy great job Devereaux. 
a great job, Esham, with your own shit, if that was the case. Solid stuff. What about you? I think 75% of the tracks on this album have really fun, great, unique music. There's one or two that I think are a little generic. There's one or two that I'm not sure I love what they did with it. 75% good, 75%-ish score, 3.5. Okay. Lyrics and flows, another score that's going to be pretty high. I think that they all had a solid outing. I think that there's only a handful of lyrics that uh, were sort of out of out of line and out of left field. Um, I think that all of Pillow Talk is not <laughs> super solid, um, and I can't give them over. I, I I went with a three and a half. I couldn't give them over that f- for an entire song being a throwaway for me. <laughs> so if this was a five track, three headed monster EP, I'd give it a 4.5 because when they're together, they're fucking killing it. Yeah. Even if Isham says no fear, Isham shot John Deere. The weak points for the most part come in the solo tracks, 3.5. Perfect. Uh, re-listenability. Uh, I also went with the 3.5 on this one. I think the re-listenability is uh, relatively high. There are, you know, I, I would skip Pillow Talk the next time I listen to it, probably towards the end when we have the multiple beat changes, I would probably, you know, I, I would leave those out. I, I'd like to, I'd like a version of this that would be mixtape or playlist friendly is what I would like. Uh, Cause most of the songs I feel like are not, like that they're they're not very friendly to uh playlists but three and a half yeah uh you know this album uh, normally we we guarantee we need to listen to every album at least twice sometimes three times but i've actually listened to this quite a bit over the past couple of weeks some of that i will admit is because i knew i was going to see them so i was listening up i was also christy came with me so i was like hey let's listen to this album in the car or something like that so, uh, but the tracks that I really liked, I did go back to and listen to multiple times. Uh, nothing though, that I felt that I really needed to skip because even if there was some weaker tracks, they were at least short and I was able to, you know, listen and get past them. I went with a four on this one. Overall vibe, solid overall vibe for me. They didn't pigeonhole themselves into having to rap about being a monster like they did on their previous release. I think that everybody sort of knew the assignment of what they needed to do on this album and they all executed it pretty well. I went with a four on this one. You went with a four. Okay. I think this one is hard to score because you've got all these solo tracks that feel unique in style to the individual artists, but overall that adds to the variety and it makes the album sound more interesting. Now, this album isn't super long. There's enough good stuff that I really like to keep the vibe up and get me past the stuff I don't like. Again, if this was a five-track, three-headed monster EP, I'd probably give it a 4.5, but I'm giving it a 3.5. Awesome. Well, there are our scores. Eric, what's that bring us out to? That brings us out to a 3.75 or... Four Fago score. Amazing. Very high. Did you think 
when we heard that this was released and we said, oh, we need to fit this into our release schedule and review schedule. Did you think this was going to be a four uh, score four? No, not at all. What is the score on this one? Four. For what though? What four Fagos. units of what? Okay, Always we're Fagos. okay. We're we're doing oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Fagos for ICP. What do you think this me. is? Twisted with us? <laughs> I don't know. That that's a good question. No. But it's a no. su- it was a supergroup. So I, yeah. Wait, hold a sec. Look at the album art for this episode. So, do you see it? It's, it says ICP with we. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Fagos. I forgot how to read for a second. Yeah. I didn't I I personally did not think that this was going to be a four no, Fago no. score. And even when the first time I listened to the album, I was like, you know, the first listen to Obliteration, I kind of liked and the more I listened, the less I liked it. I'm like, same thing's going to happen here. But that didn't happen. I liked it more as I as I listened. And again, I'll admit going to see them this week added a little bit of excitement I'm sure. to it yeah. for me. However, my scores were my scores before I went to the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. So you know, I, I mean, I listened to this a total of three times, which is one more than I normally would for uh, these. And, and, and yeah, yeah I, w- I was a fan all three times. Quick note about the show. No Fago spraying. They didn't spray Fago. There was a couple of times when they would take a sip of a water bottle and throw it out into the audience. Mm. But no Fago sprays. OK, I'm cool with that. Dope, especially being in an intimate venue like that. And you're yeah. not covered with sticky Fago at the end. Yeah. Well, guys, that was our show. And when we wrap up our show, we do do Fago sprays. So yeah. everybody get out your Fago wherever you are right now. Shake it shake up it. and spray yeah. it in your immediate vicinity. Everywhere. Everywhere. Because that is a requirement of this show. If it's a flavor you don't like, shake it, hold it upside down and pop the top off and launch it. I and don't care. Do it. Yeah. D- do whatever the fuck you, you. And this, by the way, is why I keep. Roughly one pallet of diet Fago Cola on my person at all times. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I'm I'm, I never person. record. I never record an episode without some diet two liter Fago Colas. Yeah, and we never not refrigerated. No, hell no. We don't need it to be. I don't need to be sprayed with cold Fago. Just no, Fago. Hot, hotter is better. They they spray more if they're hot. Well, there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed your Fago armageddon that you did personally while listening to this episode uh next episode we are going to be celebrating our 150th episode with a very special guest guys this is the 150th episode spectacular yes i and it will be spectacular we are bringing on somebody who we've known for quite a while a homie of ours somebody who's never afraid to text us and let us know when we've got bad takes or when we get things wrong. I'm not going to say a name. I do I do want you all to know it is a prominent person within the scene. It is not a musical artist, so don't. It's Robbie of Twisted History. It is not, but Robbie will be there for that episode. <laughs> he will be there for this episode, yeah. Uh, it'll be a surprise. You'll see. When it happens, you're going to be like, oh. That's cool. I didn't expect that. And then you're going to listen to the episode and you're going to be like, that was cooler than I even thought it would be. And then you're going to say, man, they should just do a podcast and not these guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that person did for a while. Yes, true. Anyway, um, next week, Aaron, we need to decide. 
I'm going to be a, I, in a few days. I'm getting on a plane and flying away again. Mm. I will not be here over a weekend. Are we going to a skip a week or b drop another special Patreon clips episode? Totally up to you. I'm letting you make the decision right now. Ooh, me as sole decider. Yes, you are the sole decider. I would love to drop another Patreon clip if you have the time to edit one together. I can do it, but you know what I'm going to need you to select the clips. I can do that. Yeah. You just let me know. And uh, you and I and Robbie will get together, do a quick intro. I'll paste them in there and we will drop a special Patreon episode for you all. So you don't have to miss us for another week. Yay. 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 Guys, until then, Eric, where can people find us? Hit our website, ICPWWE. Dot com. There you will find links on links on links. You can join our Discord. You can follow us on X or Instagram. You can send us an email. You can join our Patreon. You can check out Twisted History. You can do all kind of shit. Click those links on icpwwe.com. Perfect. You mentioned something about a Patreon. I did. Uh, guys, we released special uh, a special sneak preview into one of the things that you get for being a patron last week and that was a, the selection of clips that i think were very funny and very tasteful <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you thought they were fun oh so tasteful but you also get some other things you get special access to a private discord channel within our server yep where you can talk and connect with us you also get your name rattled off very quickly at the end of each episode as a thank you so i'd like to do that now thank you rob viron Corey, blade your mom scott robbie austin sometimes when i shit i come andrew schmeave ray jeremy ike mcwebhead Sparknuts, adam and stick it to ya baby <laughs> it feels like a new a whole bunch of names changed there I think we have some multiple cha name changes. Uh, Mick Webhead. Yeah. Is a name change. Um, I did, instead of saying Jiggles, I said Jeremy because I was looking at the names and uh, not really thinking. Uh, sometimes when I shit, I come is the same. Your mom. Yeah. Okay. We're still having, we're, I don't yeah. know. We, we didn't got, get our answer. We there. didn't get our answer for the your mom. Question. I have to think the story is complete. Our journey is over. And we're moving on. You know what? I like that. The children received the piss-filled lunchbox, and that was really where it was all headed. And I think we can all agree that the real story was the piss-filled lunchboxes we received along the way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Guys, thank you again for your continued support via holding our boulders over our shoulder. Or under the arms. Yes, or under the arm. Thank you again for hanging. I had a great episode. I had a great time talking. Eric, I hope you have some safe travels coming up. I hope we Thanks. get to hear some very fun and bizarre every time I flies when you get back. <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hope I hope for my own sake that I never have a good every time I fly story, but that you and Robbie always have good stories. <laughs> <laughs> if I have one. Best believe, I'm going to tell you. Love it. Guys, thanks again for hanging and listening. Big ol' whoop whoop. We'll see you next week. Whoop whoop.
could say in the name of uh, beating the shit out of a sound guy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. In the yeah, I'll throw that one in there. That's a good one. Uh, what else did we talk about? Watching Triple X with our dicks in our hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just those two. Yeah, I'll do those two. Okay. <clears throat> In the name of beating the shit out of a sound guy and watching the star. Okay, what what year did Triple X come out? Uh, let's find out. I cannot Google XXX movie. Oh, no, I can't. 2002. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can. Okay. Come on. Perfect. 2002. <clears throat> In the name of beating the shit out of a sound guy and watching the hit 2002 movie Triple X with your dick in your hand. This is our ongoing examination of the Insane Clown Posse. This show is a member of the Underground Podcast Community. UPC. UPC.